So I've been watching a kind of a seminal science fiction classic uh, series lately. Not a TV series, a movie series. And I don't think we've ever talked about this, you and I. No, and you... Because, you, yeah, we you had texted me about it the... Oh, I did yesterday. text you, okay. Yeah, when you were watching, like, just during the last one. Because... And okay. you, you said something like, I couldn't remember if we had talked about it the last time we were talking to each other and we hadn't. Um, okay. But yeah, yeah. You sent me like a short little text about it. Well, I've been getting, I've, I've been getting a little drunk every time that I watch one of these episodes. So I, it's, it's possible that I am not fully remembering stuff. <laughs> I, but uh, yeah, I've been watching the original uh, Planet of the Apes series. Okay. Uh, yeah. the, 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 the original five movies. Have you seen these movies? I've, no, I've never seen any of them. Okay, uh, so I, I was thinking about. I thought it could be good to talk about this episode. I mean, we want to talk. This episode's got a lot to talk about, so we don't want to talk about it too long. But yeah. I just was thinking because this episode has got a couple of. It's got some some good Cardassian makeup. It's got some Ramblins. It's got it's got Odo in it. So yeah. you know, and and, and DS Nine, I think is probably the most prosthesis heavy Star Trek. Uh, so. I just wanted to talk about this a little bit because it is it's adjacent in that like these are very kind of like prosthesis heavy movies, but also like the thing that I didn't really know about them before I started watching it was that they're kind of like these really kind of ambitious science fiction stories, but all and, and they're also like really I would say like one of the most like kind of politically radical like film franchises I can remember seeing. Like um which again, I think fits like something like Star Trek, but also especially DS Nine. Charlton Heston in them though. Well, in the first, well, he's in the first two. Because it, it's funny, like I didn't really know anything about them before I started watching them, other than the end of the first movie, which I assume sure. you, yeah. you know, and um, which is in its own way, like I, like it's it's not particularly radical, but it's like it is. I think it is like a arguably like a liberal sentiment of like well we just kind of like we couldn't help ourselves we we screwed it all up you know but uh the but i i just basically knew charlton Heston. i knew the ending and then and i knew like there was all this like these these ape prostheses prostheses whatever i don't know how you say the plural of that but like which do look like like the ones like you know there's different levels of them but like the ones for like the main actors like it is very impressive like they're very I think the actors kind of have to figure out how to be expressive in them, but like they do a really good job. Roddy McDowell's in most of them, and he does—he's great. Um, and uh, yeah, like, but it—they're kind of like wild movies, though, because like the first one ends like that, and then the second one I think is like interesting, but not like great because the second one it kind of it like there's another astronaut who lands, and then he has to also figure out the same thing that Charles Nesson figures out in the okay. in the first one. <laughs> Uh, but but then like at the end of that one, it's still like I think the other thing about the movies is like they're they're very 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 like cynical movies, but like not oh, cynical okay. in like just kind of a dismissive way. Like, they're cynical and like this very much just like like it feels like a very kind of thoughtful like like we are going to like like these are the things that we are yeah you know like humanity is like, has a predilection towards destruction and ultimately like technology is the thing that will finally allow us the power to destroy ourselves essentially okay and yeah. um like now, i they, i kind of are they oh, based on. on books or are they all like original so I believe the first one is based on a book, but then I think after that they kind of end up going their own way. Okay. Um, and I kind of don't even really want 
to tell you because the first two are like it's like it, it's in that kind of world of like the planet of the apes where it's like then yeah like this happens and that happens and they're kind of on this milieu and then but then the next three of them after that because there's five of the movies like the third one like like the, the the second one ends in a way where it's like it's it's impossible to to imagine a franchise movie ending the way the second one ends i don't i, I kind of don't even want to say what it is because i kind of I think you might like the movies and I, and like one of the things I liked about them is like not really knowing anything about them before I watched them and okay. then yeah. watching them and just being like, wow, like that's just kind of like a crazy thing. But like the second one ends in a way that just, you would not, a franchise movie would not be allowed to end. And it also it ends in a way where you're like, well, how can there be more movies? Okay. Yeah. But then they, they figure out how to do it by, ah, this is maybe not super interesting without saying what happens, then, but it's, it's, but like they, they figure out how to do it, and it's like the most inventive thing that like, but th- that totally makes sense though for like where the story's going. But then like after the second movie, basically without spoiling too much, like they they, they sort of change protagonists. So like Charlton Heston is preparing for the first movie, and then he's in the second movie. But there's another guy who's kind of the main character. But then in the third movie, the main characters are apes, and oh, okay the. the the movies, which are like start out with being like these apes have become like humans and are now doing like terrible human stuff to humans who have become like apes, like uh, and you're kind of rooting for Child Heston to like escape and you know uh, sure. figure out some sort of way that humanity can survive. By the time the movies end, you're basically fully on the side of the apes, like and okay. and. Like there's all of this, there's all of this stuff where basically you're kind of understanding like, oh well, this is how this happened. This is how this is this is like why the the apes ended up this way. And like there's all this stuff just about like just kind of these cycles of violence and like how and, and also just like and like these like forms of oppression and how like the, in the fifth movie like there's this crazy thing at the end where like. They're just like the movie is basically saying it's like sometimes the only solution to a problem is like violent revolution, you know, like it is like mm. actual like revolutionary violence. And it's just like, I don't know, they just kind of go, go all over the place. And every time one of them starts, I'm just like, oh, like this is there's a different main character. It's starting at a completely different time period. Like like some of the epi- some of the movies take place like before some of the other ones some of them take place hundreds of years after some of the other ones like uh but like it 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 really fits together in a way that is i don't know i was just so impressed like watching them and i just didn't know anything about these movies that's really cool um and yeah like like uh i now i'm kind of like i want to buy the blu-rays of these and it's just i can have them and i'm uh like yeah i don't know but but it made me think of it because it's like it it feels very like kind of like you know they're not they're they're from like relatively the same era as the original series and so like the parts of them feel kind of like very theatrical in the way that that especially the early ones feel very theatrical in the way that like old star trek does but they also yeah. are very political and they've got like really interesting makeup and stuff so like i don't know and more was kind of a thing of like not that like like if you listen to the show and you're like oh that sounds interesting or you like star trek stuff i would say like maybe check them out because i just hadn't really ever done that and then i watched I them and i was like oh man these out, are yeah. like 
really fun. Like, like really, like they, because they are fun. Also, like they're like it's it's funny because like almost ever like all of the episode, all of the all of the all of the uh, movies except for arguably the last one, end on like a completely like kind of pitch black, like unbelievable that like they're letting the movie go this dark uh, like ending, but then like. They also have like humor and adventure and stuff in them. Like 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 the the third one is like basically like like kind of a fish out of water, almost like kind of Star Trek four energy to it, huh. and then it ends in like this this really like kind of brutal way. <laughs> but oh, like wow. it, it manages to like hold those tones. Also, another Star Trek connection is that um, for the first four movies, I believe Jerry Goldsmith did the score to them. Um, oh, cool and. And uh, the first, the first movie in particular, it's got a really interesting score because it's like, it's mostly uh, percussion, and uh, just really interesting. So hmm. anyway, that's that's my uh, kind of Star Trek adjacent recommendation uh, is the original Apes movie. So I, I've I heard the Tim Burton remake is really bad, and then I've heard different things about the uh, the the new ones. So I uh, will probably watch those at some point too. Hi, everybody, and welcome to uh, Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And today we are talking about The Die is Cast, uh, which is DS9, Season 3, Episode 21. Uh, this is actually a the, the second part of the, of the two-part episode. We watched uh, the first part last year called Improbable Cause, about a year yeah. ago, actually. It is wild and, that long ago. Yeah. And the, uh, the, uh, the, mem- the memory office synopsis of this episode is the Cardassian Romulan fleet enters the Gamma Quadrant. Cisco goes against Starfleet orders to rescue Odo. Part two of two. Um, so in the first episode, I actually did not go back and watch that episode and I did not listen to our episode about it, but I think I basically remember. Yeah, no, I didn't either. I remember re- really enjoying that one. Yeah. Because um, that was the one where basically like someone's trying to assassinate Garrick and like Odo is kind of helping him investigate to like try to figure out who it is. Yeah. Cause they have that really good scene with like the, the like perfume salesman where Odo's just kind of like randomly mixing stuff together to try to get that's right. A reaction to like prove that he's actually like a guy that makes poisons. Yeah. And, and it turns out that, that Garrick basically blew up his own shop because he saw that someone was trying to assassinate him. And so he's like, well, if I can, fake an assassination attempt on myself then i can get odo to investigate this you yeah. know yeah and i'll be under I, more I protection that a lot. but that one yeah that one basically ends with it kind of turns out that the person behind all of it was an abrantane who used to be garrick's boss in the obsidian order in order which is like the the cardassian cia yeah, who then like recruits Garrick to kind of join him in this plan they have to attack the Dominion, mm-hmm. and it, like that one kind of ends with Garrick being like, "Yeah, I'm in." Like, oh no, mm-hmm. and Odo's like, "Oh no." Uh, yeah. So this episode we didn't say the 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 dice cast is written by Ronald D. Moore and directed by frequent Star Trek director David Livingston. Um, yeah, this I thought was interesting because like I went to look at who the director was because I. It just seemed like there were a lot of very, like, interesting or, like, kind of out of the ordinary, like, camera shots throughout this one. And I was like, did they have, like, a like a different director that was, like, trying some stuff? Or But it was just David Livingston, who I know, like, directs a bunch of, especially of Deep Space Nine, I think. 
I believe he is. Yeah, he's the he's the the most. He's directed more Star Trek episodes than anyone else. He's done yeah. uh, sixty-two episodes total. But yeah, he's still with us. Like but I think he's probably like pretty old now. Striking camera work in this one. Um, yeah, like the first time, like there's a, a part where the like the Romulan at one point, and I think like a couple, there's a couple points where like people are shot from like a really low angle, so you're like looking up. Yeah. at their face like from below or like there's the scene at the end in the tailor shop where Odo's just like Garrick's like cleaning a mirror and Odo's just kind of like in a silhouette in the doorway yeah I liked that a lot reflection in the mirror um, that was really good yeah um, what do you think of this episode compared to the previous one the, like the, the the previous the first part of this story The yeah I was trying to again like because it had been a while like I don't know if my memory is fine I feel like I remember enjoying that one more. Like, not that I Mm -hmm. I disliked this one anyway. I was very, like, invested in this one and, like, you know, just kind of, like, wanted to see what would happen and and really into the story. Um, Yeah. But I I just really like, like, Odo doing some investigation type of thing from that one. Um, And this one just kind of had a different vibe to it. Um, I thought this one yeah. was quite good, though. And, like, again, like, I was very interested in everything that was going on and that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, liked, I agree. I like the first one better. I think this one I do like, but I think that, for my money, I think that Garrick goes goes bad a little too quickly and then also kind of goes good a little bit too quickly at the end. Like, like he has yeah, this kind of, I, like, I will agree. That weirdly... Because I feel like the how I think of Garrick is like he, like I think he generally is good, but is always trying to like play it more ambiguously. But like mm-hmm. kind of everything he does, you're just like, okay, but is that like, what, are you really taking that side, or are you really trying to like secretly like play like double agent or triple agent or like? And yeah, it it does seem like he just like, oh no, he was like fully on board with being on the bad guy's side, and then eventually like just kind of flipped fully around and was just like, oh, we have to save Odo now. Yeah. I will say, though, that something... I think, honestly, like, watching this... Watching this so close to... Um, what was that episode we did a few months ago? The 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 um, the DS9 episode about, like, Odo's uh, dad. Um, oh, yeah. Um, I don't remember what it was. The, the alternate? Is that what that one was called? Yes, yes. Or was That's the alternate called, a different yeah. one? Okay. It was the alternate. You're right, and I will say that I I I think that like um, watching it so close to to that, I think actually kind of made me like this one a little bit better because I think it 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 helped me. I mean, obviously, they talk about some of that stuff in this episode too, but like it, it helped me kind of like contextualize a little bit more like how Odo sort of like understands what uh, what Garrick is going through, I guess. Um, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do we... Because um, this is going to get, like, weirdly... Someone <laughs> kind of, like, point out the problem of, of the way I'm watching Deep Space Nine. Because Anna Brintain is actually Garrick's father, right? They never explicitly say that. that is? I don't think. No, it, okay. I, I believe that's implied... Well, I think we talked about anyway that it seems like it's implied, but I don't think that that's officially... Okay. Because I thought that becomes a thing... Like, in, like, the... The one where he's like claustrophobic, but like in they're in prison and he's having to like go back and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. That's, but we don't uh, know that at this point, right? 
Right, yeah, because that because that episode that you're talking about, that's like one of my favorite favorite two parters in all of Star Trek. Uh, I can't remember what that's called right now, but that that's later on because that's that's like Worf's on the show by that point. That, and that's where everyone yeah, dies is, in that episode. Yeah. Although it, although it it does also kind of seem like an Everton dies in this episode, but obviously we know he does not because he's in later episodes of Star Trek. But um, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, that is later on. So this is I think this. Okay. I mean, like I, he's still, I think, definitely like a, a fathered figure. I think is how he's portrayed, but more as like, yes. a, like mentor type thing. Uh, so yeah, because he's in, he's first he's in an episode in season two, and then he's in these two episodes, and then he's in yeah, then he's in uh, in Purgatory Shadow, which is the first part of that uh, of okay. of that two parter, um, uh, which is what is the second second part called. Uh, but yeah, in Purgatory Shadow and By Inferno's Light, those are really good. Yeah, By Inferno's Light, I think, is the one that we watched. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so yeah, he's uh, he's in this, and um, where, where am I going with this? So yeah, he, he's... Well, because you were talking you know, about yeah, like him, like his was, relationship with Garrick, and then kind of the parallel with Odo and... Um, uh, that's right, yeah. What's his name? Morapol. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and obviously, and also with like the 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 founders in general, but um, but yeah, we can kind of get into yeah. that as we go. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I agree. I think the first episode I liked the first one of these episodes I liked better, but I still liked this episode. Yeah, uh, even yeah, though it, I agree. yeah, um, yeah. So why don't you why don't you uh, take us into the the story? Yeah. So this one. So again, like I f- I don't remember how much of like the plan they kind of talked about at the end of. Uh, of the last episode or, or not, but the basically Garrick has joined Enebrintain on this Romulan ship. And their plan is this kind of combined fleet of Romulan and Cardassian ships is going to go through the wormhole into the gamma quadrant and, you know, use cloaking devices to basically stage a like kind of preemptive strike and destroy the founders home world. Cause they're like, well, if we kill all the founders, then the rest of the dominion, won't be able to run and they it'll cripple them so they won't be able to attack the alpha quadrant and so they they go in deep space nine detects them i think like right before they go through the wormhole Mm -hmm. do they does i'm trying to remember does deep space nine like know or are they they able to figure out that odo and garrick are on those ships or are they just going because they're trying to stop the Um. um well, they do figure it out eventually because that's why they because you know because remember they they both like because Cisco is like I'm not leaving one of my crew, yeah. you know, to be to die like uh, basically, so that's like why they go why they go uh, after them. So they do figure it out uh, at some point because okay. at first they think that they're going to attack DS9, you know, yeah, but then they like go on red alert and then they just all fly through the wormhole. And does it? It, see, it seems like I was a little bit unclear on this, but it kind of seems like Tane has kind of created some sort of like Skype message to, like, uh, like, like to tell people like, look, just so you know, this is what I'm doing. Uh, right. And you know, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that I, I did kind of find that it like they did an interesting thing with that because basically, like after they're watching that message, they talk to the like Starfleet admiral, and mm-hmm. he's like, you know, like both the you know, the Romulans and the Cardassians have denied, like, any official involvement in this. This is just, like, some rogue guy. Um, 
but like basically all of these governments are like no we like absolutely condemn the actions of this like rogue person but they're all like perfectly like hoping he succeeds yeah they're just like but if someone did happen to blow up the founder's planet that would solve a lot of problems for us so like so basically he like refuses to allow cisco to go try to stop them Mm -hmm. because he's because the federation's like well no like actually we hope he succeeds in this like war crime right and then yeah because like then we have uh, we don't have a potential enemy Um, yep and yeah it's i don't know that's the kind of thing that like ds9 would like to like to do you know just kind of talking about like these these kind of more interesting these kind of you know nuances or just like kind of like the idea of how like these bad things can be pushed forward by like pragmatism or or things like that like or just how people sometimes will compromise their values in the course of war or, or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, a thing that the show liked to do, which I yeah. appreciate. So then Cisco's basically given orders to like, just kind of like, you know, go into like defensive mode and prepare because like after this, probably the dominion are going to counterattack and like kind of DS nine and Bajor are going to be the first front of that. Cause they're going to come out through the wormhole. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. he's like, you know, like evacuate the station and like get ready to defend Bajor. And Cisco decides that he's going to take the Defiant to try out to like through the wormhole to try to stop this before it happens, kind of fully against orders of Starfleet. Yep. So he goes, he goes out with most of the senior staff, and also all of them, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess because like, obviously uh, Quark is not in this episode, but he's not as part of the theater staff either. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, I guess no Quark. And that that actually kind of surprised. I was a little surprised that Kira was there, both from just from a like, I guess from a like practical and just kind of a like character standpoint. Like, I feel like it would make more sense for her to be the one who would be like, right? Like, not that I like don't think you should be doing this, but like someone ne- does need to stay behind and like get ready to protect Bajor. It seems like it would make sense to ha- like leave the first, like the second in command, like back on the station to get ready for that. If this mission doesn't work out, but she just goes like everyone's there. Well, you know, you gotta like have the the romantic connection there. You know. Oh, that's true. Was that already uh, a thing at this point? Uh, not for her, but for him. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I think I think so. He's he's yeah. he's he he he's into her pretty pretty uh early, like early on the show's run. Okay. Yeah. Um, it also leads to, I don't know why I really enjoyed when this happened, but like, you know, as they're like booting up the ship, you know, all the like stations are checking it. it's like, you know, cause I think Dax is like at the helm and then, you know, Kira's like tactical is ready. And, um, Eddington, who I think this is the first episode I've seen, like, I've heard of him and I know he yeah, he's, like becomes he's... like a big deal. Yeah, he's in nine episodes of the show, and yeah, this is his only his third episode. I think this is the yeah. first episode we've watched though, with him in it. Yeah, he's he's important. Yeah, for sure. he's like security's ready, and you know O'Brien's like engineering's ready, and then like Julian is just kind of like bustling around back and forth in the background. <laughs> and there's just kind of this like, you know, all of these like ship stations are ready, and also Julian is here. He's like, I have my, I have <laughs> my tricorder, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know the. the he they, uses it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so they're like, all right, we're like going, we're cloaking and we're like going out to rescue Odo and try to like stop this, stop, essentially stop a war from happening. 
Yeah. And then most, I feel like, like that's going on, but most of the episode is more focused around like Garrick and Tane and Odo. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's a lot of like Tane and Garrick kind of reminiscing about how good of a spy Garrick used to be. And, you know, he used to love like torturing prisoners and interrogating people in that. And, but, the, but Tane's kind of always like, you get the sense that he's sort of like feeling out, like trying to get Garrick to prove that he's still loyal. Yeah. And so he sends him to try to interrogate Odo to find out more information about the founders. And then there's this weird scene when he like first goes in to talk to Odo, where again, I, I feel like I was like trying to read in more to the writing that I guess just wasn't there. Cause I was like, cause he keeps like, he sort of makes these pointed references to like things from deep space nine. Like, sure. I, like he's, you know, he's like, I forget what exactly he he says to him, but he keeps he like brings up kind of like weirdly specific things, and I'm like, is he trying to like pass him some sort of secret message or something? But I don't think he is. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, because it again, like it doesn't like it. It does seem like he is just trying to actually interrogate him the whole time, and like, but yeah, they so they set up this device that essentially prevents changelings from changing forms. And so Odo, and because, and like, there's this thing that is, I think, well established where like they have every, like, they can only go so long in like a solid form before they have to like turn back into a liquid and sort of regenerate. And like, if they go too they have long, to go, but he has to go back in his pail. Yeah, yeah. And like, if he goes too long without going in his pail, he'll act, they'll actually start to like, they'll, they'll eventually die, I think, right? They'll just kind of lose. Yeah, kind of slowly fall apart, and so because at first Odo's just like, "Ah, oh, there's nothing you can do to hurt me." Like, I don't, you know, I'm like very just kind of snarky and sarcastic and and cool. And then like mm-hmm. when he turns this device on, and Odo realizes that he can't change anymore, then he starts to really get like shaken. Uh, I forgot how quickly that escalates to where it's like he's like, "Oh." I can't change anymore. And then like the next scene, yeah, the next scene, he's <laughs> fully like falling apart. This, that I, I would say like the effects, like the makeup on that is really good. Like it I is, was... it's very disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause he does have these. And again, like it's, it's one of those cool things where like, you know, Odo kind of already has because of like how they do like the, the makeup and prosthetics, like of like his eyebrows and that he already has not even really like sunken eyes, but like his, brow kind of juts out over his eyes yeah normally and so when they go to this like it makes it look like his eyes are like super sunken in and almost like like you almost can't even see his eyes because they're like fully in shadow yeah because of like again the combination of like the makeup and like how they do the lighting in that is so well done that yeah he just kind of like his clothes and his skin are sort of like flaking apart and like his face Mm -hmm. is really like sunken in and he's like back in shadow and you can't really see anything and yeah he looks like really really rough it looks it, it is like uncomfortable to look at it in like a good like well done way i feel like yeah for sure this 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 episode is also where that famous i don't know if you can see it's like it's it's actually on the memory alpha page uh if you have if you uh if you haven't seen it but there that famous uh image of 
Renee Abergena and uh, Andrew Robinson, like that behind the scenes picture. If you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you should be able to see it. <laughs> uh, them, them just being like buds, like while while Odo's got like that insane makeup on. It's That's very great. funny. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Robinson seems like such a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so like, he's kind of, you know, just like fully like breaking and obviously like doesn't know anything about the founders and it just starts like Garrick kind of keeps getting more and more upset because he doesn't like, cause he doesn't want to, you know, be like hurting or killing his friend. And he's just yeah. like pleading with him, like, please just like tell me something so I can stop doing this. Um, and then, and then that's when Odo kind of Odo basically just says like, I just want to like go home and like be with like my people that I belong with that I can never go back to. Yeah. Which like then, you know, they kind of, draw that parallel with Garrick now that it is really the same thing and he turns the thing off and Odo kind of like pours himself back into his pail yeah um, and, and then, yeah uh, and, then, and he just is, and, and it's like you can just tell Garrick feels really bad about this I will I will say yeah. that like maybe this might be one reason why I watched this episode before the thing I'm about to say but like it made me th- it was making me think about it again because I, I, I do just like it's like so I just watched last night. I watched um, I watched Twelve Years a Slave um, for the okay. first time, yeah. and there's a scene in that movie where and, and and the movie is I like the the movie's making a point about like there's a scene in the movie where this where they're like the the main character who has been who has been kidnapped by a you know, kidnapped into and kind of impressed into into slavery even though he was like a free northerner like he is talking to this 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 white guy who is working on this plantation as like hired help basically and this white guy is basically like well the reason why i am here uh is that you know i was i was i got addicted i was i was an alcoholic and he's he's basically like cuz it's really he's like it's really a hard job to be an overseer, a slave overseer, because like you have to be so mean to the slaves, and it really hurts your, it, you know, it, it really is like bad for your soul, and it's just like, and like the movie is just kind of like this dude, like, like where it's just like, sure, oh, but boohoo, like you have to be mean, like you know, like, and, and that's yeah. kind of how I feel about this a little bit, where it's like, like I kind of there, like that, that is the thing about this episode. And I remember feeling this way the first time I watched the whole series, is that like, you do, I think, a little bit, kind of have to ignore this episode a little bit if you want to like Garrick because like like because he is like fully on because he does torture a guy <laughs> like like yeah. he does torture a guy there's not really anything you can say about that other than right, that like, like and then he feels bad about it afterwards yeah and it's like well if you really felt that bad about it maybe you shouldn't have tortured a guy um, yeah or like brought him to be like captured by the Cardassians and Romulans yeah. right right yeah so that, I, I have some reservations about that, I guess, but uh, that's that's a good point, yeah. But 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 like it's still like you know it's well done, and, and again, I do think that the scene at the end I, I it landed more for me this time honestly. But I think because I was just really kind of more attuned to like the, both of these characters again, like as we say all the time on the show, I think that like that like the best, the most I think the most effective like Star Trek character stuff is like these characters who who want something that like they for whatever reason can't attain and you see both of these characters just being like well i have to do all this stuff that i you know like 
Like, yeah. like I am being driven to do these different actions based on, uh, you know, based on like my these desires that I have that I can't fulfill. You know, and and so like that yeah. that stuff is but yeah. Like they want everything like to be like it used to, but also know that that would be wrong to do. Yeah, it would be impossible. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, in that aspect, like it's still it's still like well done for sure. Um, but I, we, I kind of skipped ahead of you because we haven't actually finished the episode yet. But that's just kind of how I feel about like the torture stuff, where it's like, yeah, I can, I can, I can pick up what it's putting down, but I can't fully be like, yeah, I'm totally tracking with the shows, you know, where its sympathies lie. I guess if that makes sense. Sure. And so, so then they they get to the planet and start like bombing it. You know, they have sort of all these ships start like you know, firing on the planet. And they were like, well, if we, you know, keep up fire for an hour, it'll have, like, fully destroyed the planet's surface, and, like, six hours will have gotten all the way down to, like, the mantle and just make this whole planet fully unlivable. And so they, like, they scan the planet, and they're like, there's a bunch of changelings on it, and they start bombing it. And then they, like, check their sensors again, and they're basically like, we've done a ton of damage, but there's no change in the number of, like, life signs that we're picking up on the planet. And so they figure out, like, it was all a trap, and we were getting fed, like, this false sensor data. And then, like, this whole fleet of Dominion ships show up and start attacking them. This is something, too, that I found was interesting about this, is that, like, I was like, I'm kind of weirdly, I've been put into a position where I'm almost rooting for the Dominion, you know? Like, like... Yeah, kind of, yeah. Where you're kind of like, well, yeah, like, the Dominion does a lot of bad stuff, but, like... But these guys kind of deserve. These guys did just point. like do a, a. They just basically just attempted to do a genocide. You know, like right. Um, yeah. it, it's it's interesting because like, and we talked about this a little bit back um, when we were doing the Picard season three special, where like I think that one of the one of the things I do like about Picard season three is how it kind of it kind of like goes back to some of the stuff from from uh, this show. And it's kind of like exploring, like, what is this oh, stuff? Like section thirty-one and the the changelings and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and and and, uh, and and it's like this is one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, like I understand why a founder. Now I, I think like you know the founders do a lot of bad stuff over the course of the show, as you will, you know, as 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 either you will see when you watch this, or you know, as we continue to watch the show over the years, you'll. You kind of see, but it is like it is like an interesting point where it's like, yeah, like they did some, but no, there wasn't the Federation directly doing that, but like there was a a group of people from the the uh, kind of who we consider the good guy side. Yeah, well, I don't know that we consider the Romulans, and but you know, f- sure. from from the perspective of the of the uh, the founders, like there are these people from the the Alpha Quadrant, the Alpha Quadrant. Thank you, um, who. Who did try to like just like kill all of them, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it kind of because yeah, then it turns out that the reason why it's not working is because the um, the the Romulan, the head Romulan uh, of the on this ship, is not a Romulan at all, but is actually a changeling in disguise. And you're kind of like you're like, oh yeah, he they got you, you know? Like yeah, I don't know. That, that's how I felt anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I liked I I kind of liked that aspect of it. I also think that like you know weirdly it reminded me a little bit of the previous episode we were we were, we were talking about the 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 um the animated oh, series the animated episode series, right? because there is like this kind of thing of like 
a character who you think is one identity, and then before that identity is revealed, you discover you you kind of like what like like there, there's this interesting interaction that like somebody has with them, and you're like what's what's going on here and that and and that it turns out that like oh it, this is why it makes sense you know and in this case that would be like the the uh like the stuff with the romulan basically going and talking to garrick and he's like why didn't you you know you've like, oh it feels, yeah because because garrick because yeah. basically tane is like well it turns out we can't use odo so we just need to execute him and, yeah and then the you know and garrick's kind of trying to convince him like no we don't want to like make the federation angry and then the romulan is the one who's like no like you shouldn't execute him because we want to you know like say we want to he says something like we should like the tal shiar should question him as well or something like that but yeah basically like he d- kind of is the one that tells tane that he can't just kill odo yeah and, and eric's it- like well that was a weird thing for like for you to do and they kind of like look at each other and are just like neither one of us really trust each other yeah, but but the, but the Ryman is kind of like well, you. Like, it sounds at first like the Ryman is accusing him is being like well, you don't want to kill this guy, like what's up with that? And but then it oh, turns out right. yeah. But then it turns out that it's like he's he's kind of being like oh interesting like you don't want to kill my you know someone who I yeah like who I consider to be like, like an ally or a friend. Sympathetic to us than yeah than you seem yeah yeah and so I liked that I don't know, I thought that was yeah like, because he's then the one that like lets them escape yeah. Like, because Garrett kind of when when the battle breaks out, like the ship get, is getting is like about to blow up, and Garrick runs down to free Odo, and like they're trying to get to their shuttle, and like first they run into into this Romulan, and they think like, oh no, he's going to try to stop us, and then he like kind of like tells them like, oh, the way's clear for you to get to the shuttle this way, and they're like, why are you helping us? And he says, and he says because one no changing has ever harmed another, you know. Yeah. Well, actually, that's another. That's actually, I think, probably another reason why I was uh, kind of subconsciously thinking about the Planet of the Apes movies is because that's like a big thing in like the toward the end of those is the is like uh, ape sh- ape shall not harm ape. Like that's like a rule that mm. the apes have, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so then I think he then like all like gives Odo like another offer. Like it's not too late. You can come back and like rejoin the Great Link. And at this point, you know Odo does want to do that. Like, like he's he said earlier yeah, in the episode. Which, like, yeah, it is like, interesting that like kind of like immediately after they do like they kind of put that choice in front of him again. Yeah, um, and he's still like, no, I still have to like stay with, you know. And again, like I guess I don't. This one I don't like fully have the context for, kind of like why Odo, if if it's just because like he has so many friends on Deep Space Nine or like he's a main cast member on the TV show, but. Um, but yeah, it does seem like it's one of those like he has like some like kind of principled reason for like no, this is like what I know I have to do. Um, I think it's just that like he is like what the changelings are doing is wrong. Like like he he still of, like trying to like yeah. conquer the galaxy by force. Yeah, it's like he feels he feels a man apart. Like he certainly yeah. like he he uh, you know he he wishes he could be back with his people, but like he's like well I gotta you know he's like. You know, I still the right thing is to not let these people just like attack these other planets because because again like yeah. you know again well I definitely you know I think we both take would take issue with like the, the, the as we were saying the kind of the like the 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 war crimes aspect of like what Tane is doing 
it's like it's not like they just did this because you know yeah because, i think like, like there's kind of this knowledge that like it, we everyone knows that at some point the dominion are going to try to attack us yeah and like will probably beat us because they're that powerful yeah yeah so um yeah no, it's 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 yeah, I, I liked that stuff all. Uh, I, I thought that was all. That the, the stuff kind of with with his with his arc, I, I thought that was was, was quite good. So yeah, because yeah, because I think they do like at a few different points point out that like it really is at its root kind of the same internal conflict that Garrick is going through, where it's just yeah. like all, he really just like wants to, you know, he spent his whole life kind of being trained to like being a Cardassian was the most important thing, and like wants to like be accepted by his own people but also knows that what they're doing is wrong and yeah and i think that is like we've seen in other episodes that is such a like thing that's going on for garrick throughout the show yeah but yeah and so then they escape the defiant shows up to rescue them oh i guess we skipped over the whole eddington stuff oh yeah yeah That like while the defiant is like on their way there someone's like the cloaking device suddenly shuts down and they figure out, or like Eddington, like admits that he sabotaged it mm-hmm. because, like, basically he was like, "Well, like, I think it's wrong for us to disobey Starfleet's orders, and like, I'm trying to just like force us to go back and defend Deep Space Nine, like we were told to." Well, I think he said he's actually. I think he said he's ordered. He was ordered to do that. Like he was basically like they thought you might not listen, so I was told to like make sure you didn't make do sure this. You, stayed. you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then like everybody gets really mad at him, but then he's like, "Well, you know, like I promise I'm still going to like do my best to serve to like keep us alive." And so they're like, "Okay, well you get to keep being security officer, I guess." Yeah. And that's kind of all again like I know Eddington like turns into a bigger deal later, but that's kind of all that that turns into in this episode. <laughs> I will I will say he has like a pretty great like I just wrote down like remind me to play poker with this guy sometime. Because yeah. when like the when the cloaking device goes down, they kind of they have it shot where like you're looking at his face, and then like behind him is all of you know like the stuff playing out where like Cisco like O'Brien's telling Cisco what's going on, and they're trying to figure it out. And at first, he just kind of has this little like like raises his eyebrows and just like oh nothing to see here. I hope they don't figure yeah. anything out. And then like this, it fully shuts down. He just like does this like huge like sigh of relief. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I, I, he's an inter- he's a really interesting character. I, I, uh, I like the arc he goes on. Like, like, like this episode. Yeah, he doesn't like do a lot, but it's like this. This just seems kind of like them being like, here's a guy. We're gonna do some more stuff with him later, but like, we'll give him some things to do here, just so that you're kind of like aware that this is like a person, you know, mm-hmm. that like we'll be returning to, you know, at a, at a later time. Um, but yeah, not, not a ton here, but I, I do like him though. I think he, he does a good job here, you know, it's, it's, yeah. but yeah, cause, cause he's not like, I think that the thing about this is that like he, they're kind of like, they're sitting up where he's like, he's not a bad person. It's like he, he agrees. He, he's doing what he thinks is yeah, yeah. the right thing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm, for sure. And just happens to like make O'Brien really angry at him in the process. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, so basically like the, the Jem Hadar kind of fly out, destroy all of the. Cardassian and Romulan ships and the Defiant rescues Odo and Garrick and kind of escapes back to Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize the Defiant has got some guns, man. <laughs> well, yeah, the Defiant <laughs> they is... They like come out and they just have like these like, they're just like 
fully blasted. And I'm just like, I don't know that I've seen a ship just like kind of like go out like that. I don't know. I feel like usually it's just like phaser beams and that, and they're just like and like blowing up ships. Like they talk about that on the they talk about that on the show actually. Like he is like the Defiant is like a kind of like an ex, like a it's a prototype like a military prototype that they that they kind of like pull out to use because they need it for military applications in this like hmm, and um, yeah the the. Uh, and so yeah, it definitely does have like a better, like a bigger arsenal. It's uh, th- then later on, I think when they when they do end up uh, allying with the Romulans later on in the show, I think you don't like the spoiler. I think you knew that they yeah. uh, like then they also get like it also gets a cloaking uh, device on it that the the, the the Romulans basically like loan to them. Hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's a pretty effective uh, effective ship for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, and then they they get away. Like they they pull him off, and it seems like an Ebertain dies. Obviously, that's not what happens. But the next time you see him is when he's in that jail. So it does seem like what happens is that instead of him dying, like he is captured oh, the by the capture Dominion and and put him in jail until until we see him again later on. So, but yeah, yeah, I don't know, this is it's a good one. I, I like yeah. And there's that scene we talked about at the end where he basically they're talking to each other and they kind of have an understanding and and Odo is kind of like very very generously I think very forgivingly is like look I think I kind of understand like what you're yeah what you're going through like maybe we should maybe we should hang out you know <laughs> maybe, maybe we should yeah should start uh, having breakfast and 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 uh, <laughs> Garrick's like I thought you didn't eat breakfast <laughs> yeah like, I don't but you know we should just we should still do it like um, yeah. yeah I don't know it's, I I it's good. Um, yeah, it is interesting, and yeah, and yeah, that was one where like, again, like 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 a few other scenes, like I mentioned, is is very like like I feel like Star Trek is usually filmed fairly straightforwardly. Yeah, right. It's just kind of like whatever's going on is just like on the screen, and, like the characters are there talking, and it's like it it just feels notable whenever they do something that seems more like like kind of like framed with some sort of like artistic intention, like something like yeah. this, because the whole thing is. Yeah, like Garrick is like cleaning up the remains of his shop and like kind of wipes off this mirror, and then you just see Odo kind of like silhouette framed against the doorway. Yeah, yeah. Which part of me then wondered like, did they just like film this on a day that Rene Abergenau wasn't on set, and so they just had like a stand in and then recorded his voice later? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. (laughs) Or was it just a. um, It was. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that when we do. A different episode but there was when i started watching deep space nine like there's something in the first episode where i was just like i'm pretty sure this whole scene was filmed just using stand-in like with yeah like the two people were never on the set together but anyways but well yeah, famously like, i mean that's the that, that reminds me of that famous thing where where uh denise crosby was like they should just make a cardboard cut out of my legs and uh, and put them put it behind behind Picard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, you might be right. I I didn't think about that, but that's that's interesting. And, and I don't think again, like I think it it's more that it's like a a kind of decision for like I think maybe David Livingston was just kind of playing around with like some. What if I like just did something a little different? Yeah. Because um, like the scene with Tane on the like when you think that Tane's gonna die, like it's like this like extreme close up on his face as he's kind of like talking and i don't know 
there's like some some different stuff with the camera work. Yeah. yeah, and so, but it is just kind of this dramatic, and then like, yeah, kind of in both of their, it is they're two interesting characters to play together. I feel like. Yeah. Because Odo is so just kind of like, like sort of gruff and like doesn't say a lot, but like kind of wears his heart on his sleeve at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Like he he doesn't like cage anything in like innuendo or that. He just like. If he doesn't like you, he tells you he doesn't like you. Yeah. But, like, doesn't say very much otherwise. And then Garrick, who's this kind of, like, super friendly to everyone, but, like, always, like, everything has, like, some subtext. And, yeah, they're just, like, it's an interesting scene between them, I feel like, that's very well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, like, it's it's also, it, it reminds me also of, like, the relationship that, that Odo has with Quark, too, where it's just, like, mm-hmm. he he kind of, like, he will never like he will never agree with them because like he he is like an upright kind of lawman but like he's kind of like i have to kind of he's like i can't i can't help but like you know respect kind of like the the chutzpah a little bit you know like where he's sure. like he's like i got to i got to i got to you know I got to give it up for like, you know, he's, he's a worthy opponent, you know, and, th- and that's kind of how yeah. and he, they feel about he, him a little bit too, you know, because he like makes his life interesting. Like it would yeah. be very boring being constable of deep space nine if it weren't for Quark. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's a, it's, it's a good, it's a good dynamic. I, I think he's, he, he's paired much more often with, with Quark than he is with, um, Garrick in my memory anyway, but, um, but yeah, it's good. Um, do you have anything else to talk about with this one? I think we've had a good, good convo about this one. Yeah, we do. I don't think I. Yeah, I didn't write any. All right, awesome. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We come out every other week, so in a couple weeks we're going to be back with uh, a Discovery episode, uh, Discovery season four, episode four, "All Is Possible." So come back and listen to that. In the meantime, you can check us out on Twitter at. Uh, I'm not going to call it X. You're going to check us out on Twitter at. Contracts. You can follow us on YouTube at Contracts. You can email us at autocontracts at gmail.com or you can visit our website at autocontracts.podbean.com. You can also check out the other shows on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There is Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There is That's Not How Science Works, which is a science and pop culture podcast. And there is Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So check any of those folks out and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>